For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Ah, <clears throat> uh, they're playing our music. That would be the Bird 365 theme. You got the Maga Mac guys, John McMullen and Judy McDonald, both made it back without an issue down the Jersey Turnpike after the Eagles victory over the Jets. Uh, I'm just checking. I got a mustache. McMullen's got a mustache. Both are way too gray for us to be stating our preference for the Eagles quarterback position, although there are Gardner Minshew mustaches breaking out all over the Delaware Valley. Uh, Jay Mack, <laughs> how was your day yesterday at uh, MetLife Stadium? It was fine. It is what it is. Going up to MetLife, back-to-back, the New York portion of the Eagles' schedule, which they should have gotten out, let's be honest, with consecutive wins. So they salvaged the back end. Liza Minnelli singing the song after week one, Frank Sinatra after week two. So uh, they needed that win. They got that win. And <clears throat> here we are. I, I knew it was going to happen. The question is, I couldn't imagine. Look, I thought the Eagles were going to win the football game. Uh, we talked about that. Gardner Minshew, Jalen Hurts, Reed Sinead. I thought they were going to find a way to win the football game. I didn't think Gardner Minshew would be perfect in the first half of football. And that's what he was by the NFL's definition. The NFL's definition, obviously, 158.3 is a perfect passer rating. Oh, he was 158.3, Jody. 158.3. 14 out of 15, I believe. And the one incompletion was a throwaway. That's why it didn't hurt his, uh, his a failed screen. He just threw it into the ground. Didn't hurt his passer rating. Um, Look, you saw this offense, and that's what I said. This is an opportunity to gather information. Now, you you add in the opponent, and nobody knows better than you the struggles the Jets are having, and they were terrible defensively, and that enters into it. You saw this offense from a passing perspective – Work with Gardner Minshew. Now you 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 know the Eagles knew it was coming. They they said they knew it was coming. Didn't care again after the game. Nick Sirianni said Jalen Hurts is a starter. When he's healthy, he's going to be the starter. I'm a little bit surprised. One of your other jobs, obviously on WIP. I knew they were going to put up the poll early this morning. I checked it a while ago, so I don't know where it is, but it's pretty heavily slanted towards Jalen Hurts, which surprises me to be honest. Um, but there's going to be a minority at the at the bare minimum. It's here. You know, the old wedding crashers joke, I wrote about this in Philly Voices. If you watch that movie, and everybody should, I hope they have. Um, uh, crab cakes and football, that's what Maryland does. Cheesesteaks and quarterback controversies, that's what Philadelphia does. And here we are. Here we are, Chevy. Very good. Um uh, for those of you on the Gardner must be the man bandwagon, you might want to turn out for a second because uh, I'm going to tip you to something that you're probably not going to want to hear. Um, 
you mentioned the perfect quarterback rating in the first half for Gardner Minshew. Uh, he completed his first 11 passes. Yeah, he threw the one away to end the streak at 11. Of those 11 passes that he completed, I believe I could have completed at least nine. I think Johnny Mack could have completed 10 out of 11. That's how wide open the wide receivers, a.k.a. at the tight end, mostly Dallas Goddard, he got the two touchdown passes. Uh, it, there was nothing about Gardner Minshew's 11 for 11 that I said, wow, oh, my God, is this what a real quarterback looks like? That was not the case. The Jets' defense stinks. Specifically, <laughs> the Jets' secondary stinks. They just allow guys to run free through the secondary with no real justification, no real defense whatsoever. Now, there's a skill. Yeah, I'm not completely devoiding everything that Gardner Minshew accomplished. You have to be able to find the guy. You have to be able to see the guy. You have to be able to deliver the football. And he's got people talk about Jalen Hurts' arm strength. Jalen Hurts got a better arm than Gardner Minshew. Yeah, he does. I, I, I don't think either one of them has an above no, average arm. Don't. But if you're saying which is the lesser of the two evils, well, that would be Jalen Hurts' arm strength. Uh, Gardner's probably a more accurate passer. But again, in this game yesterday, he just needed to get it out there. The, the, the wide receivers and the tight ends and the running backs out of the backfield were so wide open. Basically, anybody could have thrown them the ball. Kudos to Gardner for getting it done. 11 for 11 is 11 for 11. But I'm telling you, it was not that great an accomplishment because the Jets' defense flat out stinks. And uh, I said you have to add that context. I agree with everything you just said, except two things. One, I'm probably not going 11 for 11. All right. I'll be honest about uh, no, it. No, I, I, I had you for 10. 10? I, right. I was maybe, 9 of 11. Maybe. I gave right. you the benefit of the doubt. All right. I gave you 10. I'm probably, I'm probably not kidding. I'll say that. Um, now, the one thing you said I, I, I think is important. You're right. Gardner Minshew has, if anything, a weaker arm than Jalen Hurts. But you said anybody can complete 11 of those 11 passes. Part of completing, you're right about the guys being open. Part of it, though, is getting the football out on time. And that's been Jalen Hurts' biggest weakness as a quarterback, doing everything on time. From my perspective, as somebody, I'm not looking at the perfect pass rating. I know everybody's going to look at that. I'm looking at how the offense is running. The two things that improved dramatically, two things in my estimation. One, you saw not, and you never know this when you're watching a football game. You've seen it over the weeks where the Eagles have had trouble getting the play in. You never know. Is that the coaching staff getting the play call in late? Is that Nick Sirianni fumbling around, getting it in too late uh, to Jalen Hurts, and all of a sudden you have an issue with the clock, and you got to call timeout, you take it to whatever. Um None of that. None of that. It was a sharp outfit. Everything uh, like a like a like a watch that you just set. Everything working on time, perfectly. Ball getting. The second part of that is get the football out. If Dallas Goddard is open and he's uh, progression one, trust your eyes. Get the football out. Jalen Hurts doesn't do that. So that's why I say you say anybody can go eleven for that. No. No, you can't because if you don't get the football out and you don't trust your progression, you don't trust the guys open, ain't going. So that part of it is is where I think Jalen Hurts struggles and Gardner Minshew does better. 
Now, the problem is, look, if you continue with Gardner Minshew at quarterback, anybody at Jacksonville will tell you this. Defenses will quickly adjust. They will take away that first read. They will take away the intermediate stuff because he can't throw the football deep, and it will start to get slowly uglier and uglier and uglier. To me, the most important part is the gathering information part. I talked about that last week. The Eagles got some information on Jalen Hurts, and not all of it good. Bottom line with this offense, neither of these guys is probably the answer long term. So your question is, who gives us a better chance to beat Washington after the bye? The Eagles think that's Jalen Hurts. They continue to be consistent on that. I don't know. I think it, I think it's pretty obvious. You're better in the passing game with Gardner Minshew, and you're better in the running game with Jalen Hurts. I, you I mean, say, Johnny Mac, you say the Eagles have been consistent in saying that's Jalen Hurts. Well, that's one guy. Now, he's the most important guy. I'm not trying to downplay the fact that the head coach should be the person who dictates this more than anyone else. But you and I have both been around Eagles long enough to know that uh, it is a collaborative. Every decision is a collaborative decision from the top, and I mean the tippy top, all the way down. Are we sure that all those other important rungs in the ladder before we get to the stable bottom step, the head coach Nick Sirianni feels the same? Uh, no. In fact, I, I think, you know, I should say there's two layers to that. I They probably do when it comes to Hertz versus Minshew. But again, longer term, no. I, I don't think anybody is sitting there saying uh, Jalen Hurts is – the long-term quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I think, ironically, the closest person to that would be Jeffrey Lurie because he advocated uh, to draft Jalen Hurts probably a little bit before he should have been drafted. Uh, and you hang on to that as as an evaluator, and I put the quotations on that <laughs> uh, lightly uh, for the owner of the football team. But nonetheless uh, – I, again, I think it's short-term, long-term. Short-term, I think everybody's on the same page, and that's to leave Nick Sirianni alone, let him do what he wants to do. In long-term, you have the, the organizational discussions. What are we going to do with this position? Ultimately, as I said, I don't think either of these guys is the answer. But that doesn't mean a bridge. That doesn't mean a bridge quarterback can't go into 2022. There's no rule that says you can only have a bridge quarterback for one year. If they can't get the Russell Wilsons, the Deshaun Watsons, if they don't evaluate Kenny Pickett as being worthy of, of a pick, of a top 10 level pick, then, you know, you gotta you got to stand pat. And it might be. Jalen Hurts is the starter, and Gardner Minshew is the backup. That's why you traded for him. Gardner Minshew is a backup quarterback in this league. Good one. He's a good I mean, one. He's a good yeah, one. You saw, you saw yesterday. He's a good one. And there is a value to having a good oh, yeah. backup quarterback, and that's why I want to give Minshew credit because I felt the need to give you my honest, evaluative opinion. The Jets' defense stinks. Yeah, and they were yes. not good. He had so many open passes that he completed in that first half. But you got to get the ball out, Jody. Right. You Your point about uh, not only does he get the ball out quickly, but to realize that he's done this, done this, did it yesterday, with a handful of snaps in the second half 
against the winless Detroit Lions, in which he didn't throw the ball much at all. They basically continued to run it down the Lions' throats. You attest to the fact that when you get your little look at the Eagles in practice, yeah, Gardner Minshew never gets any snaps with any of the starters whatsoever. Jalen Hurts takes every single one. Going all the way back to the first day of camp. Jalen is taking every single snap with the starters. No Joe Flacco, no Gardner Minshew when he finally showed up. And that's not rare, by the way. That's what every team does. I mean, if you're the starting quarterback, um, you know, and you don't, you're you're entrenched, you get all the first team reps. I mean, there's occasionally if you have a controversy, you know, you'll start to say, let me, let me take a look at the second string guy. Now Gardner started getting reps this week because Jalen was hurt. I mean, and, you know, the part that annoys me is that the Eagles are, and I asked Gardner flat out after a game, when did you know you were going to start? And he, oh, I didn't know until Jalen wasn't dressed. Shut up, dude. I'll say that. Dude, you knew. You knew on Friday. That's when they knew um, that Gardner was going to be the you starter. You think it was Friday rather than Saturday? Yeah, I think it was Friday okay. um, when they made the decision that he was going to be the starter. Um, and that's when you, you saw – and our buddy Derek Gunn, who does the uh, uh, Jacob Media Post Game Show, six ABC, he was the first to officially report it because Derek obviously has a great relationship with a lot of the players. Um, and that's the point. I mean, they were preparing like Gardner Minshew was the starter because Gardner Minshew was the starter. I don't know what the big deal is, but man, you know, whatever. All right, Jay, back a couple things when you said, and when Jalen Hurts is entrenched. He he was entrenched because they didn't really put any other option in place. Uh, yeah, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is entrenched. Yeah, in Green I meant Bay. here. I don't Jaylen mean he's a Jaylen star. Jalen isn't quite the same thing. Yes, he's entrenched here, but no. it's not, we're not talking about a guy who's been no, the starting quarterback no. for the franchise for eight no. years. He's so entrenched right now for this team at this particular time because they don't have a better option in the right. offseason everything's on the table understood well because they got a lot of information in that game and not a lot of it was good for jalen hurts probably not um and you said you think that uh, the decision was made early on friday as opposed to saturday when gominchu got all the walk to work do you believe i don't know how to phrase this um it was an unquestioned decision do you believe that Jalen Hurts was so injured, so hurt, so bad that uh, he had no chance to play? I'll bet that if you ask Jalen Hurts under the code of uh, truth uh, and silence, could he have played? Would he have wanted to play? I think he would have told you yes. Because he did. Were, were, oh, you, were I, you not yeah, there on but... Thursday when he was asked the question, are you going to be the quarterback? I'm like, yes. Play yeah, there's no one question word about answer. that. I mean, Nick admitted that after the game. He said, yeah, Jalen wanted to play. I mean, uh, you know, when I did see him on the field pregame, he wasn't wearing any kind of boot. Uh, there was no limp or anything of that nature. Um, Nick admitted he wanted to play. Look, there's a reason Jalen did his normal press conference on Wednesday, now that you look at it in hindsight, and that's he was pushing to play. He wanted to play. He wanted to be out there. He probably he knows, like everybody else, he knows what was going to happen uh, when there's uh, quarterback controversy in this particular city. He knew the opponent. He knew there was an opportunity to get back on track. He wanted to play. So if you want to 
you know, take that out a little bit further. Now, sometimes as a medical staff, training staff, you got to save a player from himself. There's some guys, Jason Kelsey being a perfect example, he's going to play through everything. And hopefully Jason's okay. We'll get an update. He had to lead that game late. Again, sometimes you have to save a player from himself. I didn't get that feeling this time. As I said, it, it wasn't like Jalen was on crutches, didn't have a walking boot, wasn't trying to keep the thing immobilized. You know, he's out there standing like a normal person on the sidelines, support staff, practice squad player, standing on the sidelines watching the game, be pregame. Um, so, you know, there are, look, Aaron Rodgers, you brought up Aaron Rodgers. Everybody knows how much respect I have for Aaron Rodgers. Guy's playing with a broken toe. And by the way, putting up ridiculous numbers with a broken toe. Um, it, it, you know, if it, the Packers know it, if Aaron has limited mobility, he's just going to adjust and play at a high level. Um uh, the Eagles don't know that about Jalen Hurts. They didn't think he could adjust and become a pocket passer and win a game that way. So that part is also, yeah, I mean, if he were more of that type of player, they probably would have let him play and said, you know, we'll take the running part. We'll scrap the running part and just, you know, handle things from the pocket and go beat the Jets. They didn't think they were capable of doing that, to be honest. So do you think Sirianni, and I heard his quotes after the game, that you have to trust your medical team and you got to trust the player. I don't think he trusted the player. I think the player was telling him, oh, I'm good to go. Uh, so he I, had, yeah, he admitted that. He admitted Jalen wanted to play. Right. He, but he also said yesterday in his quote after the game, you have to trust the player. And yeah. both you and oh, I yeah. are going, you don't think the player said, yeah, I'm not quite up to it, coach. So he didn't trust the player. The player told him, I'm good to go. And he said, no, you're not, because the medical staff said you're not. Yeah. And oh, by well, the way, I want to take staff. a look at Gardner Minshew. How much of that do you think went into the decision? Well, I do think you lean on the medical staff and those types of things. And you go, wink, wink, the, the medical staff, you know, you, you get together with them and say, well, no, he's not nearly 100%. And again, if the player's Aaron Rodgers, you, you go back to Aaron Rodgers and they say, well, you're you're nowhere near 100%. Do you think you can go? And the player says, yeah, I can go. And you say, okay, let's go. It's Aaron Rodgers. In this case, same thing happens, and the players Jalen Hurts, and you go, no, 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 we can't. Uh, we we got to save Jalen Hurts from himself. It's just different players, different standards, uh, because you know what the player can accomplish at less than a hundred percent. Yes, the Eagles thought Jalen Hurts couldn't accomplish what they wanted to accomplish, which was to beat the New York Jets uh, at at where he was from a health perspective. And Gardner Minshew did just that, completing his first 11 passes against a really suspect New York Jets defense. All right, we still got plenty to break down from yesterday's win, where that puts the Eagles, certainly the quarterback questions, slash controversy, uh, is going to be part of the conversation. Oh, I would guess for the next 13 days, up until when the Eagles take <laughs> the field week. again. That happens to be the late bye week, the latest bye week. So now you have the extra week to ruminate in the controversy. 
Only Philadelphia, Jeff. And it's going nowhere fast, folks. Uh, you got uh, Johnny's early remarks on it, my early remarks on it. Oh, we'll be remarking on it for the next two weeks here on Birds 365. And we'll bring in a bunch of other folks to let them give you their opinion on where the Eagles are at, at the quarterback position, and, oh, yeah, everybody else's position. Because at 6-7, and seven, they're very much part of the playoff picture in the oh, NFC. Yeah. Uh, last thought before we get the break and get our boy Jeff Kerr from CBS Sports up here. Um, the Eagles control their own destiny. I'm sure I'm not the first to say it, and I won't <laughs> be the last, yeah. but it is a fact. Well, there's if a lot they win their last four games, yeah. I can all but guarantee you the Philadelphia Eagles will be in the playoffs. Maybe as a wild card team. With the results of this weekend, the Eagles winning and the Cowboys winning, I'm going to go back to my the work that I did two weeks ago on, on how the Eagles can p- potentially win the NFC East. It's going to be so friggin' difficult. It's yeah, almost forget impossible. It, forget about but that. there's there's a legit chance that you can go into the last week of that season and they could tie the Dallas Cowboys in record for the divisional championship in 10 and 7. Well, well, gonna... obviously, there's a legitimate chance that the Cowboys don't do what they're supposed to do. But the Cowboys are a good football team when they're healthy. They are they're getting healthier and they're just a better football team. So I look. Well, you're right about that seventh playoff spot. Really, six is a Washington six football team. Yeah. Well, the problem San Francisco beats uh, Philadelphia. So that's a concern. I, so I look at Washington. <laughs> Because I, I told you, like, Minnesota's done. And obviously, they, they, they have so many injuries. Your, boy, your boy's in the defensive Yeah, genius. they stopped listening. Great, great job. Great job stopping yeah. the the winless Lions yeah. when you need to. Well, unlash. now, there's a perfect example. Yesterday. No, real quick, there's a perfect example. Zim's been coaching defensive football for 157 years. You think he's not telling his players, oh, it's the last play of the game, guard the goal line. They're not listening. We saw it in Andy Reid. Here, every coach has a shelf life. His shelf life is over. He's done in that particular job. They're not listening to him. My point is you don't have to worry about that team. You don't have to worry about the Carolina Panthers who just fired Joe Brady out of nowhere. They're a mess. All you have to worry about is the Washington football team. And you play them twice. In the next one. Yeah. Coming out of the bye, and obviously then you have to go down to the worst stadium in the history of the National Football League, FedEx Stadium. But the Eagles have had a lot of success there. If they can avoid the sewage dropping down on them, uh, it's Taylor Heineke. Look, it's all there for him. It is all there for him to make the playoffs, which is pretty astonishing to everybody but John McMullen and Jody McDonald because we said they were going to be better than people think. And maybe even Jeff Kerr, I see him there. be very interesting if it's Taylor Heineke against – Gardner Minshew because <laughs> Taylor Heineke Ooh. is Gardner Minshew and Gardner Minshew is Taylor Heineke. Yeah. The two quarterbacks like are so that's similar. That's like Brett it's Favre. Scary. Yeah, that's like Brett Favre throwing fastballs against Aaron Rodgers. Taylor Heineke. And, yeah, they, uh, and the, the level Minshew. of comparison yeah. is accurate, but it's really different as well. All right, he's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. Yes, Jeff Kerr from CBS Sports. Ready, willing, and able to join us. He's up next here on Birds 365.
At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. The glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Yo, okay, but is the rim... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. It is the Mac and Mac guys on a bird 365 on a Minshew Monday here on the mm-hmm. Jacob Media YouTube channel. Here to bask in the glory of the Eagles' mustachioed quarterback <laughs> is Jeff Kerr from CBSSports.com. Fill in host for us here, and you read them all the time on CBSSports.com. Uh, Mr. Kerr, I know I was in the house. I know John McMullen was in the house. You were in the house yesterday, too, at uh, MetLife Stadium? Three for yeah. three. Yeah, three for three. The whole crew was in the house yesterday, getting to see Garner Minshew wearing his Maverick jacket. Yeah, I was uh, I was waiting for you to show up with a fake mustache to to fit in, Jeff. But you wouldn't have seen it anyway with all the face coverings I had on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I we are where we are, so we have to start uh, with the quarterback controversy, which again Nick Sirianni tried to downplay uh, after the game. And from the Eagles' perspective, there is no controversy. Jalen Hurts will be back as the starting quarterback. I hate to break that to everyone, but that's what it is, what it is. But from your perspective, Jeff, this passing offense ran a heck of a lot better with Gardner Minshew. Is that just the Jets or is it, uh, Gardner related Nick Sirianni? What, what was better? Why was it better? 
Well, the Jets do have a bottom five pass defense. I just got to get that out of the way right now. I thought Jalen Hurts would have been able to not exactly be as efficient as Gardner Minshew was yesterday, but I think he would have been able to throw the ball against this team. Now, with that being said, I got to go back to what Dallas Goddard said yesterday. He'll support whoever quarterback is going to be the quarterback. Yeah, he did say that. He was the one guy. Yeah. So, and you know, that's not my decision. I'm like, no, Dallas, no. I could see uh, you know, a couple couple guys on the Eagles there. They're like, oh, boy, here we go. Yep, yep. So, I, I mean, look, Gardner Minshew completed 80% of his passes yesterday. And Jalen Hurts has never done that in a game. The only time Jalen Hurts has come close to that was week one when they were running the bubble screens and all that. You know, Gardner Minshew had a nice ball on him yesterday. And I remember watching during um, pregame warm-ups, he was really focusing in on Dallas Goddard and they were doing some extra time there doing some extra reps on ball. And I believe you called it, John, Dallas Goddard was going to have a big yes. day. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I kind of knew that was going to be the game plan of the Eagles coming into the game. So, but also that's what Gardner does. Well, he, you know, he throws well in the intermediate zones and he's never had a target like Dallas Goddard. So I thought it would work well against this particular team at work. Uh, really well, especially in the first half. Then they went more run heavy. But I will say, you said 80%, Jeff, and that's correct. But he only had 22 targets because he threw three away. Um, He's 21 out of 22 when he was targeting receivers. Again, and Jody will be the first to tell you, yeah, that Jets defensive backfield is terrible. 21 out of 22, you go – Dallas Goddard, Kenny Gainwell, Quez Watkins, Miles Sanders, Jalen Rager, those five players, 18 out of 18. And Gainwell, Watkins, Sanders, Rager, they haven't even been involved in the stinking passing game over the past month and a half. What's something. Yeah, Wes Watkins looked like an NFL receiver yesterday. Uh, he should have had a touchdown on the one. Mitchell was pressured, and he kind of just had to get rid of the ball. Watkins had to come back. I thought he was wide open on that one third down play. He got the first down, but I'm like, wow, if you know, if Mitchell might have got a little bit more air on that ball, I thought Watkins would have scored a touch. But still, it was a good throw under pressure by Gardner Minshew. And, you know, I mean, Jalen Rager's Jalen Rager. He's useless. Uh, <laughs> that's all I got to say about that. But, you know, the screen game was working yesterday. Uh, I, I was really impressed just by how they ran that offense. And I, I don't know. I, I think Nick Sirianni was giving us a bunch of, you know, BS when, oh, it's the same. All- no, it's not the same offense. It, it, it not wasn't even close. It was not a, even close. It was a completely different offense yesterday. And I, I was- by the way, by the way, guys, that's great. That's a feather in Nick Sirianni's cap, I think. I don't know why he's downplaying that. That's a strength of his to be able to more uh using his out which i think is the definition of coaching i think he should embrace that right i don't but know I why think, he doesn't i think you can read into that john for those who want to question nick sirianni and say he's saying certain things because he has to say certain things but he doesn't have to do certain things within the next two weeks when they start oh no he wants you to believe that it's the same exact offense because he is going back to jalen hurts he wasn't lying when he stepped up there yesterday and said oh no jalen hurts is our quarterback that's the plan Whatever McMullen, McDonald, Cataldi, Kerr, anybody else says, anybody here on our stream, anybody on the phones on WIP, Gardner, Gardner, he's not changing his mind. If Jalen Hurts is physically capable of going, he is going to be the Eagles quarterback. And the easiest way to do that is 
Well, we never changed anything. We're just going right back to what we do. Now, where he just can't defend it is, how many RPOs did they run yesterday? Uh, well, not no. all. Not a whole lot. And when they did, Gardner didn't really look comfortable doing it, at least for me. So no. to say he didn't change the offense is a bold-faced lie. But if he wants to stand by that statement, that just, to me, lends itself to there, there's no uh, mincing of words here. Jalen Hurts is going to be back as the quarterback of this team as soon as he's physically capable of being. Well, what's tough for me is their next game is their biggest game of the season coming out of the bye week against Washington. I mean, you guys touched on this right before the break. They are the eighth seed in the East in, in the conference standings right now. Minnesota's out. I'm sorry. You lose to Detroit, you're out. Atlanta stinks. The thing <laughs> was done. You know, Carolina just fired their offensive coordinator. There are three teams battling for two playoff spots in the NFC right now, and one beat the Eagles in San Francisco. If you have an opportunity right now to control your own destiny. I mean, it, against Washington, you get to play them twice. And starting at week 14, there yeah. is going to be an immense amount of pressure on Jalen Hurts when he comes back, unfortunately. It shouldn't be like that, but it is because that's the reality of the situation. It's the biggest game of the season for the Eagles. If they lose that game, I don't want to say that they're done, but if they win that game, they're in the driver's seat. Uh, you know, And this is where that loss to the Giants absolutely kills them. That should not happen. By the way, the Giants yeah. were terrible yesterday. Yeah, they were. And that, uh, obviously, Daniel Jones with it, but who cares? I mean... Daniel Jones, that was a bad, bad loss. And you're right with the Washington football team. If one of those two teams, Washington, the Eagles, can sweep that season series, they're going to the playoffs. So if the Eagles sweep the, the uh, uh, Washington, they're going to the playoffs. And one of the things where the Eagles haven't – Jody, you and I were talking about how bad the Jets kicker was all week. They cut him. Leading up to the game. When, when I heard that, kid, when I heard that, I was like, yeah, yeah. I told Johnny Mac I'm in Dolan's things. Yeah. Uh, and how, and they bring the up this do? kid, Kessman. The Eagles won that game by 15 points. Coincidentally, that's exactly how many points Jake Elliott had. Four for four on field goals. Three for three on extra points. He's making extra points. Kessman's missing extra points. Remember, that game started touchdown, 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 touchdown. Yep. The Eagles' defense was stinking out the joint. Zach I, Wilson looked like the number two pick in the draft. He's throwing the football all over. Braxton Berrios is the best kick returner in football. Um, and by the way, he is pretty good, Jody. Yeah. Um, but uh, Jake Elliott's consistency this year, that might be the most – Underreported story on the Eagles. He's been the second best kicker in football. I will never, as long as I live, say anybody's better than Justin and Tucker. It's the best kicker who ever lived. Jake Elliott is number two in the NFL this year. Jake Elliott should be a Pro Bowler for the NFC. He's not even close to in the voting for the NFC, but he should be the Pro Bowl kicker in, in the NFC this year. That's how good he's been. I mean, yesterday, John, you're absolutely right. This is the reason why the Eagles were able to extend their lead. Every time they got within Jets territory, you're like, oh, Jake Elliott, you know, he just booms a 46-yard kick. I mean, I didn't even look up. I'm like, I knew he made it. it. It was just one of those, as soon as it let, as soon as the ball left his foot, I'm like, well, that's good. And you know, Jake Elliott's just been tremendous the entire season. And what what has he made now? Twelve straight? Is it twelve straight field goals? I think. I think. This yeah, is he's been unbelievable. He was perfect in the month of November. That continues into December. Um, 
it's pretty nice luxury to have, especially when you see so the some of these other teams and it's on display against the Jets who have struggled with their kicker so mightily. When you have a guy you can count on, especially as you get into December in those weather games, it wasn't a bad day, but it's always, you know, it's tougher to kick at MetLife Stadium in December than it is, you know, in in September or in the Dome or in the vast majority of places. It's a tough place to kick. He was lights out. Yeah. Which, which by the way, let me add this, um, but just because it deserves to be added. Uh, we weren't do, doing birds 365 last year, but certainly I was on WIP. A lot of calls about, and how the hell did Howie Roseman give Elliot a contract extension? Yeah. What was he now thinking by giving him a cut? Now we're screwed because if we cut him, we got to take a dead cap hit. Plus, we got to find a new kicker. Oh, I fielded <laughs> plenty of those calls. Yeah. Just butchering both Elliot and Howie Roseman. Uh, we give Elliot credit. You got to give Howie a little thumbs up, too, because it's another one. Of the, it's the thing that Howie Roseman does better than anything else. Uh, picking out people to go forward with, give them a contract extension, put yourself in a better cap slot if they live up to expectations. Well, Elliot has. He may not have last year. And the panicked Eagle fans were ready to jettison him. Good thing that they stuck with him in a good deal done by Howie Roseman. Yeah, and speaking of the panic Eagle fans, it's the Jets. Well, last week it was the Giants, and they should have beat them last week. I, I got to give Howie credit. One thing here, Carson Wentz is five snaps away from getting that first-round pick, everybody. So yeah. you know, we can all put the confetti out because they're going to get a See, now, Kurt, you're as bad as everybody else, five snaps away. How the hell do you know? Yeah, no one knows what the number is. We know he's going to – unless he dies this week, he's going to get the first-round pick. You don't need to put a number on it, J.K. Yeah. <laughs> You got to remember something. This is still the same quarterback that got injured on what? The first or second practice of camp with his foot. So anything can happen. That's why I got to point it out. He's five snaps away. Yeah, but by the way, everybody keeps winning. So those picks, I just pulled up Tankathon. Those picks are number 12 now, number 13, and number 17. So but 12. Jeff Kerr, expectations. Oh, they're starting to bunch together. Well, yeah. Weren't they 9 and 10 last week? What are they now, J-Mac? Yeah, 12, uh, which is the Miami pick. They won again. Uh, 13, which is the Eagles pick, who obviously won. 17 is Indianapolis, uh, who, who won again. So uh, <laughs> three teams keep winning. So, yeah, the Eagles are going to get the three first-round picks, but they keep going down. <laughs> Because everybody keeps winning, so that but you want to win football games. You don't want to turn into the Sixers. Um, and I applaud the Eagles, and things will work out. They won't. I've said from the start, they won't use all three of those picks. They might trade up. They might trade out and get a, a future first round pick. I don't think they're taking three players in the first round. But hey, we got to worry about playoffs before we can talk about the draft, which is kind of amazing. Um, so let's talk about the one disappointment, at least early. The Eagles' defense. We haven't been talking about them a lot for the past two weeks. One, they were pretty good against the stinking Giants, and they adjusted. But that start uh, was pretty poor. Now, they got put up against it because of the long kickoff return. I don't blame them for that. That's a really short field. But, you know, the Jets were moving the football pretty consistently uh, early on. I've been saying it. Uh, people know I like Jonathan Gannon. Jody chides me. Uh, my love of Mike Zimmer as a defensive coach, not a head coach. 
Um, those guys know defensive football, but I'll be the first to say way too much zone. You're, you're making it too easy. Yeah, exactly. Against Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson didn't have a single touchdown pass in the first half coming into yesterday. He had two. Like it, it was, he had a clean pocket. They were playing so far back in zone. I, I just don't understand why the cornerbacks were where they were. Like Elijah Moore could get separation that basically any time I'm like, does John again know like this guy is a legit wide receiver in the NFL? Like Braxton Berrios is saw Jameson Crowler always beats the Eagles. I mean, the Jets could run the ball yesterday. Zach Wilson was just having his way. And then when he finally decided to blitz a little more or send a fifth rusher, which the Jets struggle with when it's more than four, that's kind of when I thought the game changed a little bit. When Josh Wett had that sack, I think it was on the third and four in the second quarter. That's when the Jets offense kind of stymied a bit. But also you got to give the Eagles rushing offense a lot of credit too for helping out that defense because the Jets only had the ball for what, a minute 12 in the third quarter? Yeah, that first drive, Jody and I were talking about it. I think it was eight minutes and uh, 22 seconds. Um, I looked up and I went, wow, I better start writing because <laughs> the game's going to be end quick, uh, quickly. Uh, yeah, it was pretty impressive in the way they were able to churn the clock. And by the way, we'll turn it back to the offense. Look, they got the lead and they ran the football in the second half and they ran it effectively. And they finally got a hundred yard rusher, Miles Sanders, career high in carries for Miles Sanders. So give him Miles, he tweaked his ankle again at the end, but he'll have a week to rest. So give him credit. You look up, they ran the football. They were at 185. So now you have the passing efficacy with, okay, you didn't get 200, but you had 185. That's still, you lead the league at 160. That's still over what you typically do as an average, still best in the NFL level territory. Why aren't we talking about Gardner Minshew as the quarterback of this team? If you can have bet both of the best, both of the best parts of the scheme, maybe we should be talking about it. This is what I mentioned in my column yesterday, and I specifically mentioned the running game. They rushed for 175 yards in six straight games. They're the first team to do that since the 85 Bears. First time the Eagles done that since Steve Van Buren was their running back in 1949. They, you know, they still average five yards a carry. Miles Sanders had his best day on the ground, a career high 24 carries. And yeah, you're right. The offense didn't miss a beat. And, you know, I, I kept thinking, okay, this rushing offense is as good as it is because of the zone read and because of Jalen Hurts and his ability on the ground. And Hurts played a big role in that. But then when you got Miles Sanders running the ball like he did, any uh, game well. Yeah, Kenny Gainwell did really well. And, again, he, he was efficient out of the backfield as both a receiver and a running. Kenny Gainwell is a better runner between the 20s than Miles Sanders, by the way. Can I, can I point that out? And, oh, and Boston Scott basically did not play yesterday. And what, three snaps? He just did yeah. not play. So you take away what the early success of that running game with Boston Scott and Jordan Howard, and you go Miles Sanders and Kenny Gainwell. This just tells me that the Eagles offensive line is really good. I don't care who the quarterback. Well, that's true. <laughs> and this this will not ingratiate me to Eagles fans uh, at all. And let me preface it by saying, 
the better team on the field yesterday was unquestionably the Philadelphia Eagles. They were going to win that football game any way you slice it. Jalen Hurts at quarterback, uh, the Eagle defense not starting off well. Factor everything in. The referees didn't hurt yesterday for the Eagles because every time there was a debatable call, the call went the Eagles' way. And usually, I know it's more of an NBA thing than an NFL thing, but it's slightly an NFL thing, too. The hometown team on the debatable call that doesn't go to replay. Go to replay, go to replay. And then the visual evidence is going to tell you what the call should be. But there were a couple of plays that didn't even get the replay. The one pass interference on Dallas Goddard, the D-back couldn't have played him. That was a bad call. I said that right away. I was sitting next to Ed Kratz uh, in the press box. And I said, that's a bad call. That's a terrible call. And he was like, nah, I got him. And and then Damo chimed in, Paul Damo, which he said, terrible call. So I felt better. It was a terrible call. Well, I agree. The Jets got you out. That's baked into every NFL game, though, Jody. I talk about it. You're going to get plays. And that's what I like about Jonathan Gannon. He's like, all right, well, sometimes you're going to get screwed. Tell me the down the distance. You got to overcome it. That's just the modern NFL. We talk about it all the time. I was also surprised on the fourth and one sneak with the power of Gardner Minshew, which he was joking about. Oh, the, the sexy legs he had. Yeah. Uh, that's why he wears short shorts, the power to show off those legs. I was surprised they over, they never overturned stuff like that. I was surprised by that. But again, I didn't have a great view. Um, None of us press box. But from the naked eye, I thought that he didn't get it. And then, you know, I'm looking up at the CBS camera. I'm like, oh, he might have gotten that. I challenged that. Dick. They never overturn that though jeff very rarely yeah, so no, they, no, that's the point that's the point i'm trying to make certain calls that don't get forget about oh it's baked into the game no there were some calls that should have never been baked into the game and they well, all went bad passion occurrence calls are weekly occurrence in every nfl stadium so i mean that i always say it's so hard to play defense in this stinking league um down the field and that's why i i criticize coaches who give up on say third and 20 just throw it up especially if it's savvy yeah. receiver throw an underthrown ball on the sideline and say you gotta give hey. you credit he threw a ball four yards short of somebody's feet and uh, dallas goddard's feet and he got a fast interference yeah. ball there's no way dallas goddard was gonna catch that ball yeah. <laughs> i mean good. i think savvy players again i talk too much about aaron Rodgers. aaron is brilliant at that uh, and and just taking advantage of the officials. Uh, Gardner Minshew also uh, drew the Jets offside at one point. Um, so you had that cadence type of savviness uh, from the quarterback as well. The more we talk here, guys, the more I start thinking, hey, maybe, uh, way, maybe John, Gardner I have, Minshew. I have to ask you, were you laughing in the press box when the whole C.J. Mosley comments were blaring when we're trying to write? No, I was on the air, and I couldn't get to somewhere where there wasn't comments blaring all over the place. But I did hear about him afterward. Yeah, I mean, C.J.'s a, a really good player, obviously, for a long time. And he used to be in a great organization. So I get the frustration there. I mean, why wouldn't you have frustration? It's a shame, too, because he's a really good player. And then that defense just isn't good. It, it's uh, Robert Sala's got a lot of work to do on that side of the ball. Yeah, but oh, by the way, and I can speak to this because I've only been a Jet fan for 50 years. <laughs> CJ Mosley did crap yesterday. 
Well, he is yeah, everybody a does. very good oh, player. Yeah, has been a very good player. Has played well on an island by himself this year on the Jets defense, which is pretty damn bad. And he is one of the very few players that can actually make plays for him. Did, did I miss any plays that he made yesterday? Or was he a contributing member for the god-awful Jets defense yesterday? And yesterday was not the day to take the stance that... Uh, yeah, yeah, probably. I mean, he, he had an Alex Singleton day, about uh, 50 tackles, but none of them all that meaningful. <laughs> the only play the Jets defense made yesterday was when Nate Herbig snapped the ball over Gardner Minshew's head and Minshew had to run 20 yards backwards. Yeah, that, by the way, that might be the most underreported. The, the, the Eagles better hope Jason Kelsey is ready yeah. after the bye. He looked... I, I was kind of praying Jason Kelsey would find a way to come into that, that locker room and talk, but I missed the beginning of Lane Johnson's. I, I know they were talking about Stoutland, but I was like, did anybody ask him about Kelsey? And then yeah, he he said he didn't know. We did ask him about Kelsey. He said he didn't know uh, how he was. So that's going to be Nick Nick Sirianni talks today. Uh, we'll get a better indication on on Jason Kelsey. But man, I mean that happened. I forget the game it happened. Herbig had to come in for one snap and sailed it over Jalen Hurts's head. So he's two this year. Yeah. I right, let let's have some fun here. This should be fun. Eagle fans won't want to hear it, but I'll give it to you anyway. Um, this is for Johnny Mac, but Jeff Kerr, please chime in. Word comes down, torn MCL, ACL, whatever else, Jason Kelsey, guaranteed to be gone for minimum the month, maybe even six weeks. Eagles would have to get to the championship game, maybe you can get back. Or he's done for the entire year, but you get my drift. Jason Kelsey out. You just put Nate Herbig in at center? No. Well, I think I put Landon Dickerson there. Honestly. That's the that's the question I'm asking. Dickerson's been great at left guard. He gets better every single week, but he is the natural center. I tried to run what the hell's Nate Herbig's problem with by John last week, and he said, come on, he's not a center. What do you want from the kid? He can't play center. Well, if you have to count on him to play center for these last four weeks of the season and or any playoff game you may be able to get into, what do you do, J-Mac? You have to have the conversation. Ultimately, I think they lean towards keeping Dickerson where he is because he's playing so well as a rookie. Uh, you have Jeff Stoutland, and thank God he came back to the game, by the way. We haven't mentioned him. He had to leave, go to the hospital, uh, was able to come back in in, in the second quarter. Um, he doesn't like moving parts. Now, Nate Herbig is – you know, the guy that they've been cross-training the whole time, the so-called interior backup who is now the starter because they're on their fourth right guard and on and on and on. But I think it has more to do with Sue Opeta. And Jason Kelsey mentioned, um, because remember, somebody's got to play right guard. If you move um, Nate Herbig, somebody's got to play left guard if you move Landon Dickerson. So it's more about, to me, Sua Opeta, and it's more about putting, okay, those are going to be your three guys. What's the best option for those particular right. three so guys? Right, so give us the three middle guys for the Eagles if Jason Kelsey's out of the lineup. Uh, it's going to be Dickerson at left guard, Herbig at center, Opeta at right guard. I think uh, I'm more concerned about Opeta playing right guard than I am Nate Herbig playing center at this point. But Jason Kelsey said he's like a Tesla stock. Uh, Jeff Curry's exploding. He's beating everybody on this one-on-one. -on but he's more of a natural right guard than than left guard. 
But so by the that, way, speaking of the Stoughton news, wasn't that interesting how the Eagles worded it in the press box yesterday? It's like, he's not out, but I'm like, okay, so what's wrong with him? Like, yeah, it's very strange. Very strange uh, to not – like if somebody goes to the hospital, I'm ruling them out. <laughs> but uh, typically – but I, you know, maybe it was Stout, and you know, anybody who knows Stout, he's a pretty hard-headed guy, so he probably wanted to get back. So that's my guess. I talked to Bob Lang, the Eagles' PR guy, after the game to see, you know, try to get a better indication of what went on, and it seems like he's okay. So Lane Johnson said it was scary. Um, you know, Jeff has had some heart issues in the past, but that's just uh, speculation. Um, but if you go to the hospital, you know, in, in these times, look, COVID-19, you have breathing issues, you know, people might freak out. Could be a number of things. So, um, but he was back in the game. So uh, by the second quarter, so that was really positive, but that's another thing. You got to give the Eagles credit, man. I mean, yeah, I, I say it all the time. Two left tackles, which isn't bad. Jordan Mailata, Andre Dillard. Uh, left guards, uh, three left guards. Uh, we're at two centers. We could be three. We're four right guards, three right tackles. Now you lose your offensive line coach for a majority of the time. You think it's weighing on people's heads. He's also the run game coordinator. Oh, they go out and run for 180-whatever yards. They're so deep on the offensive line, they had to trade one of their more valuable swing linemen because there just wasn't any room to play in Matt Fryer, and he's yeah. doing a, a bang-up job on the Colts right now. Colts love him. Colts stinking love Matt Pryor. Uh, yeah, uh, that's another one. I'm going to take credit. Jody knows. I predicted the Eagles could get something from Matt Pryor yeah. because the offensive lines in this league stink. There's so many that stink, and the Eagles just keep rolling guys in. But eventually it's going to stop. And if it stops on Jason Kelsey and he can't play, they're going to feel that one. They're I mean, going to feel I'll that say one. It, Jason Kelsey is the most valuable player on this Philadelphia Eagles team. They need Jason Kelsey. This is a guy that I, – I mean, I really hope the guy never retires, but they got to have a contingency plan because if he's out for a while, it's – I do not like their chances against that Washington front. I really don't. And I know you guys try and get the information as best you can. Uh, Johnny Mack is an Eagle beat guy, and the Eagles are doing their best to keep information close to the best. When is Brooks coming back? We were told when he went down it would yeah, be Yeah, that'd a... be nice. I don't even think about Brandon Brooks. Right. It, we, now, we, out of sight, out of mind. We were told eight weeks. How many weeks are we up to now? 13? That, yeah. Uh... Now, Nick did say uh, about – 10 days ago, because he's trying to shut it down, we would ask him every week, do you have an update? When I hit that eight-week mark, we'd ask him every single week, you know, well, do you, you have should. an update on Brandon Brooks? Do you have an update? on? I got no new news, and he got tired of it. And he said, nothing till after the buy. They're going to revisit it after the buy. So here we are at the buy. They got to revisit after the buy. It would be great if Brandon Brooks showed up and could play right guard. And then maybe you can do some of the things you're talking about. Maybe you have the conversation with moving Landon Dickerson inside. You say, okay, who's a better left guard, Herbig or Opetta? You go about it that way. Ultimately, though, I think it's about Landon Dickerson. They think Landon Dickerson is going to be a star. And I think quietly over the second half of the season, 
the Eagles finally went to Alabama, one, two, and it's worked out brilliantly. So maybe keep doing that. Number one, Howie Roseman. Number two, Landon Dickerson might end up being better than Devontae Smith at his position. And Devontae's pretty stinking good. That's not a criticism. Landon Dickerson's going to be a good player. There's another uh, Alabama wide receiver I'd love to see the Eagles get, but he'll be going way before they probably think. I don't know if you guys watch the SEC championship on Saturday. I heard last year he was better than Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddle. So yeah, I, I don't I don't know about that, but I was pretty impressed with the quarterback. I was not impressed with the Georgia quarterback. How yeah. bad is JT Daniels? How yeah. how that he can't beat out that kid? Uh, I, that that kid was awful, and was, I hate to. I mean, Daniel's, was just Daniel's, Daniel's been overrated since he was in high school. He's got to be better than him. Let's stick with Alabama. You know how big a Tua fan I am. Johnny's got to listen to me talk about Tua all the time. Uh, I had Mac Jones as the third-rated quarterback in the draft last year, not fifth. Where he went? Oh, the current quarterback of Alabama is probably going to be better than either one of them. Uh, he was he was unbelievable on Saturday against Georgia, the best defense I've heard people say, best defense in college football no, in a decade. No, and no. he's diced and sliced them. They didn't no. play anybody. They played in that. The SEC and, East. And- Does anybody know, Jody, the SEC East stinks? It's terrible. The like- West is great. The West is tremendous. That's the one Alabama's in. The East. Kentucky's the second best stinking team. Does anybody notice that? Nope. It's because they were fawning over Georgia beating the terrible Clemson team, who, by the way, could not make their conference championship game. Oh, speaking of which, I was in the Kenny Pickett love fest on Saturday night. That was my element. Kenny Pickett just being the crap out of Wake Forest and being the only quarterback that seemed. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Don't, don't tell me about Kenny Pickett. You want to question Georgia's defense because they play in the, uh, the, the, the weaker half of the SEC? Who the hell is in the ACC defensively? And Wake Forest is the worst defense maybe in college football. Kenny Pickett gets no credit for scoring this points against Wake. How how hideously bad is Wake Forest? How many points? Wake Forest has given up five hundred and thirty six points this year. Are you kidding me? This is why I can't God awful. Uh, like I love college football. This is why I can't stand it. It's everybody wants the playoffs to expand. I'm like, why? Like none of these teams are any good. Don't they? Don't they get that? Like Notre Dame was fifth, and they didn't beat anybody. They, they one team. Oh, they I to- I am I am a big, big Cincinnati fan right now. I am now. too. <laughs> I hope they beat the brakes off everybody in that stinking, antiquated, stupid system that I hate beyond belief. And by the way, they have a ton of pro prospects, so I think Cincinnati's better than people think. Um, Justin River can play, man. He can play. Yeah. They've got lengthy corners. They got it. They got players on defense. They got players all over the place. Ultimately, you know, if Alabama blows them out, you know what people are going to say. They're going to say um, they shouldn't be in there. Guess what? Alabama blew out Notre Dame last year. And by the way, people say Notre Dame shouldn't be in there because they don't belong with Alabama. Well, yeah, yeah they don't. Cincinnati shouldn't be there. Notre Dame shouldn't be in yeah. there. Who the hell should be in there? Well, please tell me. Well, exactly. And that's what I was getting to, Jody. Go back to you only got to go back to last year where people are saying Notre Dame's an embarrassment. Why are they in there? 
they were closer to Alabama than sticking Ohio State. Right. In the in the final. So all right, let's take Cincinnati out. Let's take Ohio State out. Let's take everybody out. Notre Dame out. So just give 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 the trophy to save yeah. it again. Is that the answer? Yeah. Just, Georgia, don't, don't actually play the games. Just give them another championship without having that. Well, why don't we just go back to the computer rankings? We'll pick the two best teams and then we'll go for yeah. it. I mean, but Alabama, LSU in 2012. Yeah, Georgia, because they're in the SEC. Oh, they're going to beat Alabama. Oh, how'd that work out? It didn't. Um, they shouldn't be. They shouldn't be in the bot. That's what I told Jody via text. We got to get back to the Eagles, obviously. But that's what we. I told Jody via Georgia. I would have dropped Georgia out. I said, get the hell out of here. I don't want to see them again play Alabama. Yeah, I don't want to see that. But Johnny Mac, you got to give me this. What I told you last week: if Alabama loses a close game. Uh, they're going to get in as the fourth team with two. Oh, losses. they would have gotten in. I said they yeah. would have gotten and, in, and I they been and they should have because they're unquestioned one of the four best teams in college yeah, football. But this you year. can't lose two. Results have to matter. Results have to matter. Yeah, they're more talented, no question. I agree with you. They're one of the best four teams, but you can't overlook results. Our opinions can't. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Results. Weren't you just the guy who was telling me? Results have to matter. Was Georgia undefeated or they was lost. Georgia undefeated against a lousy division of the SEC? Yeah, but they just got waxed by the team they're going well, yeah, to have Yeah, up until that point. But yeah, he, but that result matters. That's what I'm saying. Okay. That result matters. So, Alabama so the result of Georgia. one game matters. The result of the first 10 doesn't matter because they were against weaker opponents. No. One loss team, one loss. That's why I said about Cincinnati. You can say, obviously, their schedule is not as good as certain other teams. But results have to matter. We talk about in the NFL. We'll bring it back. It's obviously very different. But, you know, the NFL is a 32-team league with now a 17-game schedule. So everybody doesn't play everybody. Some teams have more difficult schedules. Some teams have easier schedules. You have last place schedules, which isn't as big a, a deal as it once was. But you don't say so and so is in the old days thirteen to three, but they had a last. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of thirteen timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty. That means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. Play schedule. It did help Results matter. That was their 17th game. They played the last yeah. place team. In they the got NFL. a break because they were a last place team. Yep. And they played another last place team. And the Eagles are better. The Jets are still a terrible team. They got a break. and and But you can't go after week 17 and say that game doesn't matter. You know, two-loss team has never been in the, 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 the playoff in college football. Can't put a two-loss team in there. Can't yeah, they they set that precedent <laughs> when Penn State won the Big Ten and they decided to take the team that Penn State beat and – did not win their division. Two losses, Jeff. Two losses. Can't get yeah. in. Yeah, can't get well, in. yeah they, they lost. They got killed by Michigan. That's why they didn't get yeah. in. It's going to happen one of these years. Mark my words. It hasn't happened. Yeah, it's going to be Alabama. Year. You're it's right. It's going to be Alabama. Or when they go to 12. 
It will probably be the Crimson Tide. All right, uh, JK, always a pleasure, buddy. Uh, uh, what day are you joining me this week? When is John going to get Wednesday. something stuck up his nose? Is that Wednesday again? Uh, I, yeah, I think we still have to get tested. So Wednesday, I'll get the schedule today. I don't have it yet, but <laughs> I'm 98% certain we're going to be calling on you Wednesday, Jeff Kerr. By the way, this is this feels like 2000, John. I don't know if you remember the 2000 season, but I think the Eagles had like a bye week in week 16 or week 15. Like a week 14 bye week is insane. Yeah, it's too late. It's way too late. Helps yeah. the Eagles, though, especially. Yeah, it does. I mean, it helped Tampa Bay win a Super Bowl last year. Yeah. yeah, it stinks all the way up until you get to it. And then when you get to it and you only got four games on the back end, you're like, wow, that was a great spot for us to have our bye. Until you get there, it's awful. When you get there. It's good. We'll see if the Eagles can take advantage of it. Jeff Card, thanks, buddy. Uh, chances are I will talk to you on Wednesday. Yep, I'll see you guys probably Wednesday. Jeff Kurt uh, from CBSSports.com on with us, and we'll probably be filling in for COVID testing Johnny Mac on Wednesday. But I got John Mac with me right now. I'll come back. A couple more things I want to run one by him. Uh, we got another guest, uh, Chris Franklin, joining us uh, coming up in uh, 15 minutes. Right, Johnny Mac? Yeah, uh, 920. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there with Chris Franklin here on Birds 365. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rim... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia.
Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Got the Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365. Hour number two coming your way. Uh, Chris Franklin, NJ.com. Eagles Beat Guys should join us coming up in 50 minutes or so. Uh, John, we have reached the bye. We just talked about it before we uh, wrapped up with uh, JK. Um, yes, late in the season. Yes, the Birds had to endure playing 11 games with no break whatsoever. It is uh, a, a lengthy wait until you get into the season to have your bye. But as I said, now it's a good thing because they've got a week off when 28 of the other teams will be doing battle next week. The Eagles and three other teams have the week off. They're at an advantage. It had been a disadvantage to this point. It becomes a major advantage. Certainly for the guys who are hurt, you get a little extra rest up time, a little more treatment. I uh, don't have to worry about putting a practice or a walkthrough in. You can just stick to rest, recuperation, and getting ready for the uh, home stretch uh, of the season. How much of a plus is it on the mental side that you get to take a break? That uh, you're not a National Football League player. I'm not a National Football League player. I think that 99.99% of the people watching us now on Birds 365, I bet you there's one ex-NFL guy who's watching us as we speak. But that's it. Uh, so we're, mm-hmm. we're all trying to relate. Everybody likes a break from work. Everybody needs a little downtime. Everybody needs a vacation, needs to unwind, unplug every once in a while. How much of a plus is that for the Eagles right now at this time? Oh, I think it's a, a huge plus. And that's what Nick Sirianni was trying to do when he scaled back the Wednesday practices over the past couple of weeks to walk through. He was trying to get the Eagles to this point um, as healthy and as um, juvenated uh, as possible. Now they can rejuvenate uh, and get the little break. Now it's not the same um, as pre-COVID times. You know, in the old days, people would, race out of the city, go home, take a little vacation. Now it's so difficult, um, you, you know, the testing, the up protocols, you don't even know where the NFL is and you got to keep uh, vigilant on that kind of stuff. Um, so it's more of a staycation than ever. Uh, but it's still from a mental standpoint, uh, it certainly helps the players and you look at it from a physical standpoint, we just talked about two of the key players on this team. Miles Sanders had to leave early again with the same ankle injury that knocked him out of three games in Las Vegas. He got knocked out early against the Giants. So you can tell that's a nagging injury. And then Jason Kelsey, who got injured uh, against the Giants, fought through it, came back in the game. Now he has to leave again against the Jets. Those guys need this week badly. And to get healthy. And again, we'll see where Jason Kelsey is because that one concerns me a lot. Obviously, Miles is okay. He's going to try to play. But to give that week, that extra week uh, to calm that ankle down a little bit. And then you look at it from the standpoint, Jody, this is the most important standpoint for me. I believe 
and I'll double check, but I believe Washington is playing the Cowboys this week. Um, oh, they got so, the Cowboys twice yet. Washington's got five games left. Yeah. Two Eagles, two Cowboys, two, yeah. one Giants. And and they're getting ready for the Cowboys, which is obviously a big game for Washington. And, you know, the Eagles get to sit back and from a coaching staff perspective, they already get to start to prepare for Washington. Washington can't worry about the Eagles until they get by the Cowboys. So in theory, you have a home game uh, because the first game is in Lincoln Financial Field after the bye. Um, you have the home game. You have the extra time to prepare. There's no reason the Eagles shouldn't be ready from a game planning perspective for the Washington football team. They should have the advantage. Hi, can I ask a question? Yeah. You can always ask a question. That's I'll, what you do. I'll explain to you why I feel I must need to ask permission to ask this question. Because the last <laughs> time I went down this road, I got roasted. A little bit here on the stream, certainly on Twitter thereafter, when I suggested that when the Eagles coaching staff, Nick Sirianni references, yes, when a big game's on TV – he and his coaches will be texting each <laughs> yeah, other texting. during texting. the game when they're watching. And I suggested, just me, I would think that getting together in a room, be it somebody's house, be it a uh, closed uh, room at a bar, be it at the Eagle facility, in a conference room with big screen TVs, that it might be advantageous for the Eagles coaches to somehow carve out three and a half hours to spend together in the same room, watching the game at the same time might be advantageous to the Eagles chances to win going forth in the season. And man, did I get crushed on social media and here. They don't have lives. They're not robots. Yeah. They don't get downtime there. If you're going to be watching the game and you're going to be texting anyway, you're not smooching the whites. You're not spending quality time with the kids. You're watching the stinking game. And I just suggested it might be advantageous if all the Eagles got the coaches got together and watched it in the same room. I felt that then. I very much feel that now. Now that we're down the home stretch, there's only four games to go. And you have a game such as the Cowboys and the Washington football team, who you yourself played three times in the last four weeks of the season. So I really think this could be advantageous to the Eagles. Am I being an asshole here, John? Am I doing the jerky no, thing again I, that I, I don't care I, about I don't, the coaches' lives I, no, that I care about no, the Eagles no. winning games down the stretch? I don't think you're being an asshole. I just think it's it's overblown to a degree. When Nick was uh, told that story, I remember that story. He's talking about number one. He was talking about uh, college games. Um, so the Eagles coaches had gone home, whatever. It was probably home game week. So it was probably later in the afternoon. Probably It was probably Saturday night when they were all on a group text, texting each other. He always talks about they love college football. We just talked about college football. And they try to take things from college games. I always talk about football is the only industry where innovation trickles up, not down. Uh, high school is more innovative than college. College is more innovative than pro. It's kind of weird. Uh, but that's how it works in the in 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 football. Um, so he's talking about that. Second, I mean, Shane Steigen told a story when they were all at the Novacare complex watching a nationally televised game together. 
I mean, it, it's sort of just the timing aspect of it. And he was just telling a, a, a funny story. Not funny, but he was telling the story. I always encourage Nick Sirianni to do stuff like that because he's a personal guy. I always like more information, not less information. I don't want Andy Reid. I don't want Coach Speak. I don't want all that crap. So I love when Nick does stuff like that. I just think it was overblown. I mean, they watch games when they're working, and they work a lot. Um, they watch games together. If they're on at night, they're there. They're you know, it's a night game. They're working late. They watch them together, and and they don't even watch them. They're on in the background because they're working. They're doing other stuff. They're breaking down film. They're doing their game planning. They're doing stuff like that. He was specifically just talking about nighttime college game. They were all texting each other. Their wives were probably angry at him because they said, "You're done." You know, you know how that works. Go spend some time with the kids. Um, yeah, so I don't think it's an asshole. I just think it's overblown. I don't think they sit and, you know, they're not, they're just doing it as football coaches. Nick always says he wa- he can't watch football anymore as a fan. He watches it as a coach. As a coach, sure. So, he should. Yeah, he, exactly. So when he sees something, defensive, something he likes, he says, they'll text JG, when he sees something offensively, he'll text Shane Steichen and and, and Kevin Petullo and, and Brian Johnson and say that was cool stuff like that. I don't I don't think it's a big thing either way. Okay, then I, I'll, I'll ask you. Even though I know you guys have only X amount of questions you can get to, and each individual has a question. Sometimes you can sneak in a follow up, but I don't know if you can get a follow up in. You got some of you guys are very good, and McMullen, you're pretty good at it. Getting the old two question question in. Oh, yeah. I have part A and part B, and sometimes I forget part B, but you yeah, try to get it in, you, you especially do, on and, Zoom. And, and a couple of your compatriots are very good at it too. Um, I'm just hoping someone asks the coach today. Well, it's gonna be Sunday afternoon. It's the bye week. You're down. I'd be taking downtime. Whatever. The Redskins are playing the Cowboys. I don't even know what time the game is. Uh, we'll look that up in a second. Uh, where are you going to be? And he probably can't answer for his coaches, but if he does, and or with your coaches would be the way I would put the question. Um, yeah, I, I really do hope that the coaching staff is together for Washington-Dallas come this Sunday. Um, I, I just guess. I mean, he'll get asked bi-week questions. Um it's not a bye week for the coaches. Number one, I mean they're working. They're not. Right. They're not. Uh, they're not. Uh, they're not going away. They're not. So my, ultimately, I I would guess that when is that game? I'm looking it up right now as we speak. I know um, if it, if it's a a a day game, yeah. I mean they're going to be at the Novacare Complex, um, and it is. It's a one o'clock game. Um, yeah, they're going to be. They're going to be working. Yeah, that's all I wanted to hear. And if that makes me a bad guy again, because I say I want the Eagles coaches to putting in a little extra time to be ready for their next three of their next four opponents uh, at the. And by the way, coaches work too much. God bless them. They exaggerate that crap. I don't know. Steve Spurrier did okay. He was golfing at uh, three o'clock every day. He did okay. Some some have the ability to uh, get away, sneak away, blatantly throw it in your face that they're away. That's why Steve Sparia, uh coaching career ended. 
Uh, others, yes, are so committed that they're there. They uh, like Dick Vermeil put the cot in the office because yeah. you don't know when you're going to need a nap in your 22nd hour of your 24 hour <laughs> day. All right, he's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. We'll take a quickie timeout. Chris Franklin of NJ.com, one of our favorite guests, is going to hop aboard next here on Birds 365. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Mesa and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. We are the Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365, and we're adding a third. Our buddy Chris Franklin from NJ.com, good enough to hop on board with us. Uh, just another individual who was in attendance yesterday at MetLife Stadium. Uh, we, I didn't ask Jeff Kerr this. I haven't asked John this, so I should ask this you, Chris Franklin. What did you eat yesterday? <laughs> 
That's uh, I tried the eggs. I tried the sausage, fluffy, the potatoes, fluffy, scrambled, yeah, fluffy eggs. scrambled eggs. They look like Yellow River. It was a little different. <laughs> it was a, it was a different thing. I, I thought that was that yeah. Christie song, Yellow River. I thought it was singing through my mind when I was sitting looking. So yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. I, I went straight to a hot dog, even though it was only like twelve ten in the afternoon. But uh, uh, I bypassed the breakfast thing, and mine was actually not a, not bad. I didn't cost me about. Thirty-one $17. bucks for two hot dogs, two diet cokes, and a French fry. Oh, uh, adds well up, worth it. Adds up pretty damn quickly. Yeah, um, got to pay CJ Mosley. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm going through my mind. I got the game on tape. I haven't gone back and watched it yet, but I don't quite remember CJ making any real big plays. Got a lot of tackles downfield, eight yards. Which isn't going to do you all have a lot of good, but CA Mosley did make a lot of tackles. Um, but we don't want to talk about the Jets. We don't want to talk about the Eagles with Chris Franklin. What impressed you most about yesterday's Eagles win, Chris? I thought that, hey, well, we can't start go without talking about Gardner Minshew. I thought his efficiency was really good in that game, especially coming in off the bench, your first start in about a year, and to play well enough to move the ball down the field. I thought that was pretty good. But I'd be remiss not saying the running game, Miles Sanders, you know, first hundred yard game in almost a year to the date as well, too. And I thought the way that he was running, he because a lot of times my gripe with Sanders was he would dance behind the line a lot before moving up. And he looked really decisive. He was patient. He waited for the cracks to open up, put a foot down the ground and he went. So I, I, I probably say you can't go remiss without saying Minshew, but I thought uh, Sanders had a good day. Yeah, it really did. Career high in carries. Never been that high before, Chris. I think he ended up two yards short. I think he had 122 once against Washington. So it was really close to setting a career high in rushing yards. But, man, this running game, you look up there, I think, 185 at the end of the game. So they didn't hit 200. But, you know, Nate Herbig's a right guard. That chasing Kelsey injury late, that's something we got to keep an eye on. That could be the one thing. They lose Jeff Stoutland in the game. <laughs> I, it, it, it's unbelievable the way this team can run the football. And they don't have Jalen Hurts. We haven't even brought up Jordan Howard and Boston Scott to barely play because he was ill all week. You, you don't have the 60, 70 yards from Jalen Hurts. Bang, 185. Yeah, it's it is it, it seems like the offensive line is self-sustaining now. Though it, it doesn't matter who goes in there, it's just like almost like plug and play. Oh, we lost somebody here. I do think in. there you go. Jason Kelsey is not plug and play. He's the one guy. He he's pretty yeah, I think especially when it comes to protections and everything else, like he he's a lynch pin. And if it had say Amala was around, I think they'd be all yeah, right. But you're maybe, right when it comes yeah. to that. But yeah. but look when you look at the way this thing, like, especially with the league being pass heavy now, and the emphasis being on you have to throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball. This team, I'm sorry, to me, this team's identity is it's a running team. Even though it doesn't matter who's the quarterback, it doesn't matter if it's Hurts, doesn't matter if it's Minshew. I think the team, the way it's constructed, what they do well is running the ball. And there's no shame in doing that. I think the, if you're looking at what should you're going to do, what's the best to get you into the playoff and make a playoff run, you got to do what you do best. And right now, this team is a running team and they, they have the pieces able to do that. I think it helps, especially with. Some of the struggles that the defense have had in the last few weeks, you know, especially they, they locked down Zach Wilson afterwards, afterwards. But when you look at the struggles they had, running the ball and controlling the clock and keeping opposing offenses off the field is probably the best thing for them to do right now. 
All right, Chris, uh, certainly the defense for the Eagles on Sunday was a tale of uh, two halves. Uh, first half, Jets, three possessions, three touchdowns. Yeah, the first one was easy because Berrio set them up at the 21-yard line with the big kickoff return. But the Jets did drive it and stuck it in the end zone two straight times thereafter. Um, and from that point on, they went scoreless. So the Eagle defense was getting beat to a pulp early and absolutely stoned the Jets thereafter. What changed? What was different? Uh, take whatever Nick Sirianni said after the game into consideration, or uh, we'll hear from JG later this week. What do you think? What did you see that said, all right, there's the before defense and the after defense for the Eagles? I think it was mainly when what the offense did. I thought once they the Jets basically had to chase and try to throw the ball down the field as much and try to, and it like they also tried to adjust and they put more pressure on there. You saw Josh Sweat play a little bit better as well to get some more rushes. So it looks like they played a little bit, and it also looked like they played a little bit more press at towards towards like the late third quarter, early fourth quarter as well too. And then once they got basically say, okay, Zach Wilson, go and beat us like throwing the ball now down downfield. He's he has issues with that to me. He has issues trying to move the ball deep. So I thought that was the biggest change I saw. But mm-hmm. it's getting real concerning because early on, it, it, and that's the game plan now that, that teams have against the Eagles. If you get the ball out quickly, if you use screens, if you use slants, if you don't let that defensive line get to the quarterback and you basically continue to play that zone, that play off of them, they're just going to have field days against them. And it looked like it was going that way. I was, I was sitting looking like this – are we seeing like Justin Herbert all over again with Zach Wilson going against this Eagles defense? But for, for the Eagles' sake, they were lucky they were able to make those changes. All right, Chris, I feel like we're burying the lead, and I should have started with the obvious, and that's uh, who should start for the Eagles at quarterback moving <laughs> forward because we are in Philadelphia, and what is Philadelphia love? I joke. <laughs> Maryland does crab cakes and football. We do cheesesteaks and quarterback controversy. <laughs> Can we get Chris, a t-shirt made up for that? Yeah. <laughs> I might. I might trade uh, So I'll bring up Jody's one of Jody's other 75 jobs. He beats me by one, I think. Um, <laughs> WIP. They, of course being WIP, put up the uh, poll this morning. I was just checking where we are with it. Uh, it's spelled out you get more mature, 67 to 33 Jalen Hurts. I think. I also think it helped that Nick Sirianni came out and said that Hurts is going to be the starter, well, and yeah, I agree with him. Did. Yeah, but <laughs> have, have the Philadelphia football fans ever just taken the coach at his word? Have they not been ready to go, no coach, you're wrong? Come on, this is Philadelphia we're talking about. They're not afraid to fly in the face of a rookie coach, first-year coach. Yeah, that shouldn't, that, right? that shouldn't scare anybody. <laughs> yeah. off saying, Go Gardner. That, that has no, no, no. It, to me, you know what it reminds me of? It, it, this, it, this situation truly reminds me of back when McNabb was hurt and then you had Coy Detmer. There's so many eerie similarities when you look at just basically when you have Hurts, you know, well, I think, he should well first I think Hurts should be just I'll start with this Hurts should be the guy starting the rest of the season no matter what because you still have to evaluate him but you have this guy you have Minshew coming in the eccentric guy who's doesn't have the strongest arm but can get the ball accurately in spot and people fall for him it's eerily similar to those early 2000 teams with McNabb and Coy Detmer looking like with Hurts and with Minshew I I like what Minshew can do for you if you need him in a couple games if that was a team, say, like, 
I don't know, say, say it's the 49ers, stuff like that. For the life of me, I didn't know why Robert Sala didn't put those safeties up a lot more and put more pressure. Because when you look at where Minshew plays well and excels at, it's those passes within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. He likes it, just like we were talking about Zach Wilson, what he was doing well early on. That's what Minshew likes to do. One, look at first read, second read. Okay, I don't have it. Where's Miles Sanders? Where's Kenny Gainwell? And I'll dump it off. I thought they were, if the Jets had put those safeties, and if teams in the future, if Minshew ever has to play again, if teams just put like eight, nine in the box, that gets them closer to stopping those shorter routes. It stops and it helps uh, stop the run as well, too. That's what there's limitations to Gardner Minshew's game for that. He's not perfect. He's good for what he is. I think he's good as a backup quarterback for this team right now, but long term, even for a playoff or anything, I, I, over time, I just don't see it happening for this team. I agree with you, Chris. I think the longer he plays, the more he gets exposed, especially when you get to good defensive coordinators. They're going to see what you just said. They're going to jump those routes, try to take away the first, the second progressions. He can't really get the football down the field. But for one day, you got to see, to me, the information is more valuable than the players because uh, to me, Gardner Minshew's backup quarterback, a good backup quarterback, but a backup quarterback. But you got to see Nick Sirianni's passing offense with a quarterback that makes quick decisions, with a quarterback that um, gets, you know, we've seen some issues with play calls getting in. You never know. Is that the coaching staff, the young coaching staff getting um, sort of frazzled, getting to play in late? Well, you saw none of that. Everything was on time. Everything was out of his uh, hand quickly. You mentioned the progression. It's been pretty much 1A, 1B, then go for the majority of the year. You added something to it here with the dump-offs, that, that, that third progression. All of a sudden, Kenny Gainwell's back in the offense. You look at the targets. I, I brought this up. Now, Gardner hit 80%, but he only targeted – I think it was 21 or 22 of those passes. Um, only two were incomplete. Is there something to how this offense ran with a quarterback making quick decisions, getting getting the football out of the sands quickly? I think there is. I mean, you have a lot of athletic guys with weapons. When you look at Smith, who I thought I was shocked he didn't get as many targets as he normally does like or get more targets in that game. You look at Goddard, these are guys who are and, and Watkins even too. You got these are guys who can make plays after the catch. And so you want to get the ball as in their hands in, in in an area where you can get the throw and they can do their thing. And I think there is. I think if anything, when Hertz comes back in, I think he can learn to say, hey, you know what? I don't have to scramble around in the backfield, try to make plays like this, these highlight Lamar Jackson style type plays. You can get the same effect by just dumping it off to Sanders and, and Scott. You can, and I think that's the biggest learning thing. I think you can learn from the sideline because if he continues to, he, he, it's not sustainable to continue to run around for and, and scramble for 23 years, especially if you want to stay in the league for nine, 10, 11, 12 years, because it's that the physical wear and tear going to, it's basically going, it's going to eat him up. So if he learns to take the check downs and learns to take, the shorter routes and just basically take what the defense gives them like Minshew did yesterday. I think it'll go a long way, not only to preserving his body for the future, but I think for a long way for his success as a starting quarterback. I know I like the hypothetical questions and 
some people hate the fact that I ask as many hypothetical questions as I do, but sorry, Sports Talk Radio, I think it is uh, <laughs> staple. As a matter of fact, this is pretty hypothetical. Did anyone ask the head coach what would have happened if Jason Kelsey had stepped on Gardner Minshew's foot and broken a toe when they jogged out there to start the game? If Gardner couldn't have gone, was Reed Senate up to running the Philadelphia Eagles yesterday? Reed Senate, he was available. If push came to shove, I think you would have seen a lot of the offense, but he, I think he had, doesn't have as strong as an arm as even Minshew. And that's saying something. His game is truly trying to get anticipation and getting the ball in the right in right areas. I want to know, especially who's the bat, who's the emergency in that situation, not just behind recent Greg because Ward, gotta be Greg, right? And you, and you also have Tyree Jackson too. Yeah, you got Tyree, two, you got yeah. two Jack, two quarterbacks. Right. Tyree, like, yeah, you got a good point. Tyree might. Be, I forgot about Tyree. He might be better than Reed Sinet. It, it's it. I, I so for for being nice. Reed Sinet is perfect in the position that he's in right now. I'll leave it. I'll leave it in there. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, nice I, so you guys are speculating that the coach might have skipped right over no, me. No, 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 Tyree Jackson. No, he no, 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 because I do know the first indication when I was sure that Gardner Minshew was going to start very early when typically only the practice squad guys, the guys who aren't going to be active, are out there. Reed Sinet, um was not throwing. Uh, um, Alex Tanney, who's a quality control coach for the Eagles now, used to be a quarterback uh, for the Giants most recently, I think. Um, he was out there throwing. So you knew, and 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 by the way, Reed was out there, but he was at the hip of Brian Johnson. Like he was getting that last minute, okay, we're gonna we're gonna shove everything about this offense down your throat at the very last minute. So he knew he was gonna be the backup quarterback. But Chris, Reed is six four. He's gotta have a stronger arm than Gardner Minshew, doesn't he? I'll, I'll I look this. at him. He's got to have a stronger arm than Gardner. I don't know, though. I admit, I don't know. I'll share the story, and I'll put the caveat as in he may have been throwing a lot more when this happened. But when we were in Denver, and basically pregame, the tight ends are playing around. Dallas Goddard, Tyree Jackson, and Sinet, they're all standing pregame. And they're trying to throw and hit the crossbar. So Dallas Goddard goes, and I think it clings just off, just off, just off the bottom of the crossbar. Tyree Jackson goes, his goes just a little bit short. It actually bounced and hits one of the security people in the back of the head once it's ground. So I'm trying to laugh on that one. That was kind of funny. But then Reese and that goes, and it goes like halfway into the end zone, for maybe to the maybe to the goal line itself. Oh, that's it. Yeah, that's So good. I don't know if it's a fundamental thing. He, he historically doesn't have a really strong arm. And, and that's one of the knocks that he wound up going to the University of San Diego, originally transferred. That's one of the knocks, but – he, he's he, he'd be perfect in the old school West Coast offense. Get their three steps, get ball quick, and then go out that way too. All right, Chris, th this one's for you. But if uh, Johnny Mac, you want to kick in, please do so as well. Assuming two weeks from now, when the Eagles return from their bye, all their running backs are healthy, 
been without Jordan Howard the last couple of weeks. Miles left the game, ankle re-injury. You guys will both get more information on both Kelsey and uh, Miles uh, today, hopefully, because then they're going to shut it down. And uh, if if the coach doesn't answer the question about injuries today, you sure as hell aren't going to get answers from him Wednesday, <laughs> Thursday, Friday. Um, so we hopefully have a pretty good uh, estimate on the Eagles running back game. Assuming everyone's healthy, they've got all four guys healthy. How's it going to play going down the stretch? If they all stay healthy, how is the coach going to incorporate Sanders, Howard, Scott, and Gainwell? I think we saw a preview of it a couple of weeks ago. I think you'll see that Miles Sanders will remain the the guy and be the one that's that is will be the starter. I think you mix in Jordan Howard to be the physical presence as a change of pace, and especially in short yardage and goal line. I think you use Scott here and there, but primarily in special teams, and if they only choose to go with three, you got Kenny Gainwell's going to be the one that's down. And I, I'll, I will say this about Kenny Gainwell. It looked like, I don't know what was towards the middle of the season where like he was struggling a bit. I don't know if he – I know he's there's some things, times where he's missing blocks and and it's overall when it came to overall game plan and stuff like that-wise, he was down, but – Yesterday he came up big when they when they needed him, he, and it fit perfectly, especially with the checkdowns that they were using, and and even running the ball too. He looked a lot more patient too, like he was he let. But I will say this: the running backs looked very, did very well being patient, finding their holes yesterday, and that included Gainwell, and he saw it it manifest itself in that game. So, but you saying all that, I think he's the one that's down. They roll with those three, especially, and you need reliable guys down, down the stretch that can run the ball and have experience doing it too. So does that change if the quarterback is different, if Jalen is hurt again? is Ken, In other words, is Kenny Gainwell more important when Gardner Minshew is on the field? Is that the sort of a decision made based on who the quarterback is going to be? I don't think so. I think even with a Minch, I think even if you you're looking at a person who, who can be that outlet, I think Boston Scott. If that's the case, I think Boston Scott would probably maybe get a little bit more run than Jordan Howard. But Jordan Howard, it's, that's the that's the fun balancing act because Jordan Howard's a really good pass protector, but Scott's the better receiver. I mean, Jordan Howard's gotten better at it, but it's still not as apt as say Scott. So I still think it'll be a Kenny Gainwell being out completely unless there's. Unless they decide, hey, you know what, make a wholesale change and go out the box with a return game. But I think overall, you're just looking at those three right now. All right. One uh, last running back question before we move on. And I want both of you to promise you're not going to look this up right now on your computers because I know you both got computers in front of you right now. Look at me. Don't look at your computer. <laughs> All right. How many touchdowns does Miles Sanders have this year? Zero. Zero. Yeah. Damn. I had not realized that. I just <laughs> no, looked it up okay. myself. I'm a cheating bastard, too. <laughs> I did, no, Miles hasn't made That's the end zone yet this year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's weird. Well, because Miles usually breaks one off, so he hasn't had the long run. But, yeah, Kenny's got, what, five now? Yeah, Kenny's got Kenny's got been the one. Like and You wouldn't think like he would be the goal line guy, especially yeah. with, with his size, but he – he finds a way to slither into those holes and get get in there, and I think it's an aber. It's to me, it's an aberration. I mean, it looked like they were really trying to a couple times. That uh, I want to say either second or third quarter, like they really were trying to get the ball in the end zone with with Sanders at that point, but he just couldn't get through it. I, I don't yeah, know. If well, it's, I mean, I used to have this discussion way back when you know I would tell people that I I would get in a lot of trouble for this, Chris. I would uh -oh. say. Emmett Smith is a better running back 
than Barry Sanders, but Sanders is the better runner. In other words, you know, Barry Sanders is one of the most spectacular, maybe the most spectacular runner. But and uh, obviously we're talking about Hall of Famer, so it's a lot different. But Miles has that same mentality. He's always looking for the home run. And you got that spec when you're inside the 10 yard line, what do you want? You want Emmett Smith going ahead, getting touchdown after touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. You have to understand the situation. All coaches talk about situational football. I don't think Miles Sanders is a touchdown guy because he's not the guy you want running the football when you're inside the four or five yard line. Boston Scott, even though he's small, hits the hole. Jordan Howard obviously hits the hole. Kenny Gainwell, he hits the hole when he's when he's inside the red zone. Fair or unfair? It's fair. I think it's fair. I think it's fair. Yesterday, I'd probably say he was more north south than normal than he normally yeah, was. Normal, yeah, yeah, normal was because but but in the past there have been times where he would try to bounce something outside when there was something opening up right around the center guard area, and then. You can't do that around there because you got you got, you got about eight nine guys all right near the line of scrimmage and they're all just they're playing soundly they're all right there in their gaps and surprise you're all blocked up. I think that was the big knock big knock on him. But I'm 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 really up to me. I'm really shocked we haven't seen like a, a fifty yard run, especially like on a zone read because when teams have to either if it's Minshew back there, which I thought he was going to pull. He has some room on the outside. I thought he was going to pull a couple of times, but when teams start to respect you when you're running that play and they start keeping like three, like the backs, the two or three backside guys back there to worry about that, that little split second just opens things up wide. And you saw that last year when, uh, when they were playing the saints, when, and even, I think even when it was the Steelers too, but I definitely guess the saints where they had teams had to really truly respect his own read. And then Sanders took it 70 yards. And I'm shocked you haven't seen more of that. And also, I wonder how, if that ankle's doing as well too, when it comes to that breakaway initial burst, I wonder how much that ankle is affecting him from doing that as well too. All right. I like my hypothetical question so much earlier. I'm going back to another one here (laughs) and I'm going to, because of my partner, John McMullen and his continued uh, harping on the fact that, Ooh, the Eagles learned something about the offense yesterday because Gardner Minshew was in there. Let's take the 50,000 foot view of this rather than the narrow focus. This was supposed to be a transitional season for the Eagles. But here we sit with four weeks to play. They're half a game out of the last playoff spot. And oh, by the way, they play the team that they trail twice in the next three weeks. So they very much control their own destiny. Judging for the Eagles good for 2021, 22, 23, 24, and the very narrow focus of the next month, let's make the playoffs. What happens if the Eagles, when they return against Washington in a couple of weeks, are trailing 9-3 at half against the Redskins? They've got all of one Jake Elliott field goal. Jalen Hurts is 6 of 14 for 42 yards at half. Jody's trying to create the controversy. That's exactly (laughs) where I'm going. It's halftime of the 9-3 game in Washington, and Jalen Hurts has not played all that well on the return. Who comes out from quarterbacks, Eagles, in the second half of next game? Jalen Hurts does. I really, truly think Jalen Hurts does because he. I think he gives you a better chance to win. And I think when you look at 
the defense that he was playing against the was it the 29th ranked passing defense yeah that it, it was, i was That's looking part of it <laughs> yeah in going to this game around friday saturday i'm really thinking like Minshew lights this up this is going to be an interesting two weeks coming into this and, and it happened and he did and, and so I, I still think even if it was nine three because of the dynamic playmaking when his ankle was right because knowing him and especially I give Hurts the benefit of the doubt because in the fourth quarter, something always seems to happen with him where it's like something clicks and it's like, okay, bam, 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 down the field and the team drives and they look a lot better. So I'd probably say even if it's nine and three, I think they went that game 13, 13, nine or something like that. But no, no, wait, I can get a defense right. So it, they win that game, but I really truly think that uh, you, you still have to stick with Hurts. Now, if it's, yeah, I'm gonna kick myself on this one. But if it's uh, say if it's uh if it's prolonged for two or three games and somehow the Eagles are in that, like say it's that game against the Cowboys, and the Eagles are fighting for a playoff spot somehow still after even after that, then I think it's an interesting decision then. But up till then, I think you gotta go hurts. All right, last one for me, Chris, and I think the most important part of the game and maybe it's nothing but Jason Kelsey came off and he did not look good coming off the field yesterday um I feel silly saying this because I I thought the guy was done last year when he hyperextended his elbow you remember that we're all like oh all right Kelsey's out for the year and then he misses one play comes out after halftime and he can't (laughs) raise his arm he plays the rest of the game the Eagles offensive line has been amazing, uh, replacing players, as you said, self-sustaining. Jason Kelsey, they can't replace him. Or how do they replace him? There's a lot of options. Nate Herbig, we saw, you know, first snap, sails it over uh, Garrett Minshew's, uh, Gardner Minshew's head. He did the same thing earlier in the season when Kelsey had to leave for a play. Um, Landon Dickerson played center at a high level in college. Um, would they think about moving him there? Brandon Brooks, is he back in the mix after the bye? What the heck do you do without Jason Kelsey? Well, the whole Brandon Brooks thing, that is the key. I think that's the key what goes on because if he's able to come back and he does come back, then I think Herbig, you still have to stick with Herbig because I think you have to get your best five guys out there, and I think he does that. Well, the, and the other option, I'd probably say if, if Brooks doesn't come back or he's still – stuff still legs on you move you keep Herbig there and I think you have to look at Jack Anderson because I think he besides him Jack or Jare- Anderson yeah, yeah get him back off of uh, IR because to me I know he played guard too but he's sent he he's your more natural center that I think than having Herbig Herbig's learning it I, but I think if he gets a if he gets a week to prepare knowing that he's the guy he gets the snaps down with Hertz gets the timing down the rhythm gets a week to digest some of the calls being in a position I think he could be okay for a couple weeks he's I don't think he's your franchise guy at center I think he's a better guy at guard but I think if that's the case but if you if you know that Brooks is not coming back and Anderson's healthy enough to go I'm elevating Anderson putting him at center because the other guy you would have loved to have in a situation he's on IR2 and say Amalu so you're out that so I think you have to go you look at Herbig first but with the caveat that Brooks is coming back. If he doesn't, then I'm thinking you shift him over to keep him at right guard. Anderson's elevated, and you uh, you bring up Luke Jariga from the practice squad. 
Well, by the way, before you jump in, Jody, that's why Chris is great with the Jack Anderson poll. So I love that. <laughs> Chris Franklin. Go ahead, Jody. See, now here's where I love Chris too, but I'm doubting it. <laughs> I'm guessing. Now, this one's on you, McMullen. Do you think Chris Anderson can pick him out of a six pack? Well, do you uh, think Jack, you could get yeah, him in a I know Jack. Yeah, Jack's got some interesting tattoos. Jack stands out. So. Well, you can't see his tattoos. He's in, he's in <laughs> body well, pajamas. You know. Tattoos are not visible. Can you pick yeah, him out? I can. I can pull. I could. I could. Yeah. I, I, I like hanging around, especially. I'm, I'm admitting this... I can't. I don't <laughs> Anderson from uh, Jack. You know what? Um, <laughs> well, the offensive line, see, they don't care. They practice right in front of us. So yep. The, the quarterbacks are in, you know, four counties over. They try to hide from us. But the yeah. off, we can we can pick out all the offensive line. They're right. We're right on top of. Them. I could I could pick out Herbig because he looks like the Pillsbury Doughboy. He's oh, the easiest one to pick out. Wouldn't be a problem. Me, anyone else on the offensive line? Yeah, and Lane Johnson, I know. Uh, but the rest of the guys said be uh, taking a. Taking a shot. All right. Uh, what are you doing for uh, the next two weeks? Chris I'm, work- I'm working. I- I'll be working. I'll actually be up Sunday. I'll be up to watch. You don't have a day off. Do- You're not going fishing. You're not going down the uh, casinos to gamble. You got no vices you can share with us. Come on. You got to be doing something exciting. Over I, I do my vices week. during the regular week. I drink. That's what I do. That's the regular thing. I do it during the regular that's week. Not <laughs> that's, that's not yeah, changing. That's not changing. I have at the, the bar at 930 yeah. tonight uh, watching Monday Night Football. You got what that right. And it, I'll see you on Sunday. Are, I'll see your you, Jets. Are you, are you covering the game this weekend? Yeah, I'll be at the Jets uh, Saints game helping out uh, Joey Chandler for NJ.com. So yeah, I'll, I'll be I'll be back up at Metal in three weeks in a row. I'm waiting for my residency. I'm, I'm waiting for the seat at least with my back of my on my name on the back of it because been up there for so much. You know, it's oh my goodness, the Turnpike and me we're good friends now. Another another prediction: the Jets secondary will suck again this week. Just a just a prognostication by a football handicapper here. Uh, sorry, Mister Mosley, if you think the boys behind you are going to get any better next week because you decided to spout it off after the game, not happening. The Jets' defensive secondary stinks, and kudos to Gardner Minshew for taking advantage of it. Uh, <laughs> Mister Franklin, is always a pleasure. Thanks for hopping on, bud. We'll get you up in a couple weeks. Hey guys, I appreciate it. Thank you guys. It's always fun. Appreciate Chris it. Chris Franklin. Little did we know that he likes to have a cocktail every once in a oh, while. Oh, I knew. <laughs> you never know what you're going to learn here on Birds 365. All right, John Mack. Uh, we got a uh, quick timeout. Don't come back and put a bow on the show. I need you to get a pen and a piece of paper. I am going to ask you the most poignant question I have ever asked you on wow. Birds 365. You're really when we selling come back. this. All right. Are you ready for this? Uh, I don't you might think so. you might need a pen and a piece of paper just I don't to think jot so, down. Man. It's too early in the morning for something this important. Oh, I'm yeah. giving you the three minute break we got coming up here right. to get ready for it. Okay. All right. That's all. The I need. most three poignant minutes. question I've ever asked my partner here on Birds Three. Now I'm nervous. All right. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You 
could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rim... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. All right, coming down the home stretch of a Minshew Monday, Birds 365, basking in the glow of the Eagles' victory Minshew over the Jets. mania. Or drowning sorrows, me and Chris Franklin at the bar after a beatdown by the other green team. Which, by the way, was pretty cool in the stand yesterday. Everybody's green. Jets fans are in green. Eagles fans are in green. Which, by the way, my section 225, just as many Eagle fans as Jet fans. It was an absolute yeah. stone cold. By the way, 50, 50 New split. York football, it's so depressing. There's so many empty seats for both the Giants and Jets. It's amazing. I uh, ugh. yeah, both they're, they're they're both bad football teams at this time. All right, uh, but put all of that aside. Here is the question I must ask my partner John McMullen. I'm making you Howie Roseman, and you're not just the Howie Roseman that we know, who is the present general manager of the Philadelphia Eagles, but you are the all-powerful Howie Roseman. That although the Eagles do things collaboratively, at least they tell us that all the time. Um, that's not the case here, that the coaching staff says, in Howie, we trust. The owner says, whatever you want to do, Howie, I got your back. Complete uh, trust well, in, in your decision-making <laughs> process. That part's already true. But okay. Go ahead. Here is the question you must ask, Howie. Um, the Eagles starting quarterback, week one, 
of 2022 is, I'm going to give you four choices, okay? Jalen Hurts, which you wouldn't have to do anything. You just uh, trot him back out there. He's under contract, still got a couple years to go. He's your guy. Gardner Minshew. Now you'd have to resign him. It's not going to be an overly expensive contract. I think if you promised him the starting gig, I think he'd sign for a reasonable number uh, as a free agent. He's or he's kind of got one more year to go. In he's his got deal. one more year. Oh, so you don't even have to resign him yet. So same thing. The first two are the easy ones. You just yeah. plug them in and play them. Here are the other two options. And I'm telling you that the cost is exactly the same for both players to acquire they're not free agents you would have to trade for either or which wilson do you want russell or zach if the cost is two first round picks two first round picks and a second and at the the picks this year maybe one this year maybe one down the road whatever it is it's the same thing for both guys. Now, you continued to tell me leading up to this game how much the Eagles loved Zach Wilson, that they were attempting everything to get to a point where they could draft Zach Wilson. But it became obvious that the Jets were going to take him at number two and they weren't trading the pick. Let's say they've changed their position on him. Which do you want? Jalen Hurts, Gardner Minshew, Russell Wilson, or Zach Wilson with Russell and Zach being the same price to acquire? Yeah, that to me is the most, the, the easiest question in the world. If I can get Russell Wilson to waive his no trade clause and agree to trade to Philadelphia, he's he's the Philadelphia Eagles starting quarterback. That That's a no-brainer for the Eagles. That I don't know where this mentality of future, well, I do know. It started with the Sixers in the NBA where everybody's talking about future, 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 future. No, they want to win now. You see, this is a cusp of a playoff team with all their issues at the quarterback position. You had a big-time quarterback, things go right. You're right back in the mix right away. Jeffrey Lurie's 70 years old. While I talk about this team loved Zach Wilson in the draft, that is completely true. They have loved Russell Wilson for years, you know, almost their white whale. Now, a little bit uh, overblown from – you know, the Andy Reid, Doug Peterson perspective back in the draft, the Eagles wanted Russell Wilson badly in that draft, but he was a third round pick. Yeah, they I was going to say, him in the please, round. please don't oversell that. They yeah. passed on him in oh, the third I round. He beat us to him in the third round. Yeah, well, shame on you that. for not taking him in the second. Yeah, I said, I've said that to Doug. I said, you guys could have taken him in the second. You could have took him in the first round. You would have been geniuses. You would have been ripped at the time but end up as geniuses. Uh, so that part, yeah, I agree with you. It's overblown. But since he's turned into Russell Wilson, they've loved, they've always loved Russell Wilson. They've always considered him as the, the guy that got away. What could have been, what might've been. Uh, they, they go Russell Wilson. That's a no brainer for this right. organization. And Oh, by the way, uh, you were wrapping up and getting in the Jersey turnpike and heading home. I was watching the end of the, 49ers against the uh, Seahawks yesterday. He looked like Russell Wilson again. Yeah. He has not been great since he's no, come back he from injury. No, 
yeah, he looked like he dropped one in the bucket, perfect touchdown pass to lock it. He's still Russell Wilson, so uh, that would not surprise me either. All right, J-Mac, uh, we're out of time. This was a fun two hours. We got off on a little college football tangent with Kirk. Ah, that was that yeah. was fun, too. I enjoyed yeah. it. I hope our Eagle uh, fan listeners. Every once in a while, we do. We get on wrestling tangents. I'll get on that. <laughs> I meant to call Gardner Minshew uh, Kurt Henning, Mr. Perfect. So there you go. Ooh, there you go. Wrestling uh, reference not missed out on. Good job by you, McMullen. All right. JM and I will be back in 22 hours. We'll probably run up a guest or two. Keep it right here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. You got the middle coming up with Harry and Barrett. Silio a little bit later. Plenty to do yet on the Jacob Media YouTube channel today. But most importantly, Mac and Mac back here in 22 hours. If you missed any of today's show on the Jacob Media channel, listen to the podcast on your way home. Available on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.